Hi, and welcome to another episode of Canadian Manufacturing Talks. Today, my esteemed guest is the leader of the Federal Conservative Party, Aaron O'Toole, here to talk about Canada's ongoing supply chain issues, the Buy America infrastructure bill south of the border, and the state of automotive manufacturing in Canada, and what our federal government needs to do to help. Here we go. Once again, Mr. O'Toole, thank you for uh, sitting down with us. We really appreciate it here at uh, Canadian Manufacturing. So, of course, um, you know, the, uh, Biden's infrastructure bill has been huge in the news uh, this year. And, um, you know, Canadian manufacturers are concerned about job losses and a labor shortage that's being exacerbated by the supply chain and COVID and now the infrastructure bill. So uh, I did want to start off by asking you what uh, you think that our federal government should currently be doing to fight the tax credit being introduced. I think they said it was like 12 and a half grand U.S. for uh, the purchase of electric vehicles if they're manufactured in the U.S. just wanted to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, well, I'm deeply concerned. Canada-U.S. relations uh, have never been at such a low point in my life. And, you know, I grew up, my dad worked at General Motors in Oshawa. So the auto pact and that integrated North American economy has been something we've kind of relied on for our economic prosperity. And in the last few years, actually going back to the Obama administration, Trump, and now Biden, more Buy American, more unfair tariffs, renegotiation of NAFTA to our uh, detriment. There's no shared strategy on China with respect to trade. Um, and we're losing that special special relationship that traditionally we had with the United States. I've been pushing Trudeau and Freeland to be much more serious uh, and integrate trade and security discussions to allow Canada to have a special position again. So the, the subsidy for electric vehicles only manufactured in the U.S. that, that violates trade law, and it violates the spirit of, of the auto pact that we've had since the 1960s. So we need a reset in Canada-U.S. relations. Yeah, and I hope that messaging comes out strong when uh, our federal government meets with uh, the U.S. Of course, uh, because of the pandemic, we've also noticed a number of automotive plants in Ontario and across Canada have announced a reduction in uh, production or cut shifts and things like that. I know uh, Stellantis was one of them that announced uh, a cutting at their shift at their plant in Windsor. Um, from a domestic perspective, I'm wondering what our federal government could or should be doing to sort of uh, allay some of the, the, the cuts happening here. Yeah, I spoke to Stellantis today, actually, alongside some other uh, manufacturers here in Ontario. The supply chain uh, shortage, the, uh, the semiconductor chip shortage we're seeing is causing ripple effects. And unfortunately, uh, some of the vehicles we're manufacturing here aren't as high, high value. And so what limited supply of, of semiconductors there are, are going to, to the U.S. first or another market. So we should be integrating our supply chain resilience alongside American efforts, and we're nowhere to be seen. The U.K., the U.S., a lot of our allies, but also our competitors, are having serious uh, supply chain resilience programs. That's why I announced my shadow cabinet this week. We have not only our shadow minister for international trade, but for supply chain resilience. We should be integrating that with the United States. So I would like to see Prime Minister Trudeau finally stand up and make the case for Canada with President Biden. Um, state dinners, tweets, uh, the nice words in an election <laughs> get us zero. And in fact, we are we're falling further and further behind. And our manufacturers here have the added burden of high energy costs, um, a carbon tax, a whole range of things that the U.S. markets aren't doing. And our pace of development, the approval for a program, the approval for 
uh, a support program from government is, is, is slow. It's a glacial pace. The global competition right now for EVs and everything else is, is ferocious and Canada is too timid under Mr. Trudeau. Um, yeah, so with that in mind, sort of tied to this, uh, there's, you know, an ongoing labor shortage plaguing the manufacturing industry. A lot of manufacturers are turning to automation solutions or technology to sort of solve these problems. Um, the federal government announced a renewed focus on clean tech innovation and pushing the electrification of, you know, certain industries. Um, Accelerate, I think, is one of the, um, uh, is, an, is a supply chain alliance for zero emission vehicles. I'm wondering what your thoughts are on our federal government sort of pushing the electrification of the automotive manufacturing industry or uh, clean tech industries in general? Well, I'd like to, we put forward a very smart uh, plan to reduce our emissions, to prepare and actually build out some of the infrastructure we're going to need for more adoption of, of EVs. In fact, I heard someone in industry use the term uh, range hesitancy. You know, people are worried about, uh, are they going to have the infrastructure here? That's where the government has the role. And Right now we see the Trudeau government setting an agenda that's actually just not achievable unless they subsidize the acquisition of vehicles at a ferocious rate. What we should do is make sure Canada maintains its competitive advantage as a manufacturer, one of the best in the world. We just have to be competitive. We should, the role of government is to build out the infrastructure for more EVs on the road rather than two or three percent of vehicles uh, being purchased being EVs. If it went up to 10, we wouldn't have the infrastructure ready right now. Uh, and how can we do those things without getting into this bidding war to pay rich people money to buy an EV they may buy anyway? Uh, it's, it's unfair. It's helping people that are already well off. What we need to do is have a reasonable transition to more and more EVs that allows us to make them here, have fair trade rules with the United States. And I would like to see an Auto Pact 2.0 for the EV revolution and have Canada show global leadership on rare earth minerals and battery production. Uh, we have the materials, we have the supply, we have the capabilities to, to process. We should allow the Americans to rely on us as that, as, that, as that supplier and supplier for energy. The fact that the Biden administration's asking OPEC to increase oil supply when they canceled the Keystone XL pipeline we should be the supplier of rare earth minerals, of energy, of forestry products to our, our friend and ally on a preferred basis. And um, I'm really glad you brought, you brought up the, the, the natural resources uh, strengths that Canada has, obviously, with rare earths and, and, and battery production and things like that. So um, sort of links to sort of my next question was, uh, I'm wondering if uh, there are certain areas Canada can, can apply these sort of trade pressure when it comes to Buy America. Um, I know I recently read that um, Biden is a little bit miffed about uh, our trade deals when it comes to softwood lumber and dairy imports and, and things like that. So I'm wondering if there are certain areas, uh, whether it's rare earths or uh, battery materials and things like that, where Canada can apply some, some of this pressure to sort of uh, negate that $12,500 tax and, and things like that. That's a great question. And here's where Mr. Trudeau has completely dropped the ball. Historically, Canada and the U.S. are friends family in some cases, neighbors and allies. Since World War II, we've had NORAD, the North American security relationship with Canada's Arctic, with our joint forces. We have the longest uh, undefended border. We have free trade agreements going back to the auto pack of the 1960s. This is all pre-Mexico. It's also pre-rise of, of China as a manufacturer. 
Three years ago, I said to Minister Freeland, let's leverage our security partnership, our ability to have uh, strategic commodity sharing like rare earths. Let's join ballistic missile defense to work with the Americans in the Arctic at a time that Russia and China have Arctic ambitions. We need to make sure that the U.S. knows their only partner in the entire world on homeland security, on trade, on supply chain resilience is Canada. And our energy supplies, our resources, should give us a preferred access point to see a, a Canada-US manufacturing zone. The Great Lakes Basin is the historic home of the auto industry. Not just Flint, Michigan, my community of Oshawa, Ontario, Windsor, Oakville, St. Catharines. We have the ability in that Great Lakes Basin to compete with the world, but we have to stand up in a joint way to the unfair trade practices of China. We have to stand up and have our own supply of critical resources. And we should see EV leadership, but we have to make sure the Americans view us as an equal and as a peer. Mr. Trudeau, what's he been talking about in those three years? The progressive trade agenda, um, pushing issues that aren't even critical to a trade deal. That's why Mexico got a deal before Canada did. Uh, we've always been two steps behind with the Trudeau government. With me, someone who worked for a manufacturer in the private sector, I was counsel to Procter & Gamble with manufacturing facilities in Ontario. I get this and I'm going to fight for our access. That sort of leads to my next question about sort of uh, connecting our supply chain resiliency with the U.S. And uh, I'm wondering if things continue as is and uh, if things don't really change and there isn't a lot of pressure applied from our federal government on, on, uh, on the Biden government. Is there concern that the tax credit for U.S. made cars might grow into other types of tax credits or that the, you know, the, the supply chain disruptions might grow worse or that, um, that you know, other industries might start to get affected beyond you know, the automotive sector and things like that? That is a fear. Uh, as I said at the outset of this interview, Canada-U.S. relations under Mr. Trudeau are at their worst ever. And it's, they can't blame the Trump administration anymore. On his first day, Biden canceled Keystone XL, a pipeline critical to North American energy independence. Now President Biden's begging Saudi Arabia to produce more oil. But it's not just that. Over the last few years, steel, aluminum, dairy, uh, softwood lumber tariffs have doubled. And now we see an up to $15,000 subsidy for only a made in the US EV direct violation of trade deals with us that they just signed and they've signed going back to the 1960s. So we have to stand up for our interests, remind the Americans of the, the, the shared prosperity that came from the auto pact, from Canada-US free trade, from NAFTA. We should be working with them to counterbalance China's bad trade practices. So right now, Mr. Trudeau has made us irrelevant on the world stage. Even our closest allies, the US and Australia, and the UK are having new agreements without Canada. We used to be one of the Five Eyes countries. So we've got to assert our, our national interests better. We've got to also make sure the Americans realize their national interests and ours are joined. And so this is where I think I'm well suited um, to fix things um, whenever we can replace this government. I served in the military. I've served alongside the Americans at times. I've worked in the private sector, including with an American manufacturer here in Canada. We have to get back to that preferred relationship that I see just being frittered away. No, absolutely. Um, and, and I see you making uh, 
a lot of strong points about how closely joined our interests are with the U.S. Um, uh, interests as well when it comes to the uh, infrastructure and just basically building a uh, a counter to China's uh, you know strengths when it comes to the the supply chain. Um, so with that in mind, I'm, I'm curious if there are certain like uh, burgeoning sectors um, that y you think that Canadian manufacturing or ca or the federal government should be focusing on or um, should be really supporting when it comes to trade talks with Biden. Like how much more can we really push, um, you know, battery materials and, and natural resources and things like that? Are there certain things that um, our federal government should be leveraging that ha they haven't really been? Yeah, supply chain resilience with the U.S. worried about uh, disruptions in Asia or elsewhere slowing down their productivity and their manufacturing, they should be able to rely on us. Energy independence, Canada, U.S., they should be able to rely on us. That's why pipeline, that's why transmission. Line 5 is a risk. Mr. Trudeau's done nothing. Maine just refused a transmission line from Quebec yeah. for hydroelectric power. Climate change, not only hydro, not only interties with the U.S., nuclear as well. Any serious country, if you're going to have a long-term, low-carbon future and have an industrialized economy, nuclear has to be part of the equation. We are the best in the world at that innovation too, and we haven't sold it well enough. Mr. Trudeau's own cabinet doesn't even agree uh, that nuclear needs to be part of of the energy mix for climate change. We do. In the election, we were willing to put a billion dollars right up front to maintain that leadership. I represent uh, Durham with the Darlington Generating Station. Ontario's competitive advantage um, is our GHG emission-free power up to about more than half, about 60% of our energy supply between hydro and nuclear. So we have to get competitive on some of these strategic things from supply chain resilience uh, traditional energy and uh, low emission energy. Finally, I just uh, wanted to ask you, I know uh, Parliament resumes soon. I'm wondering what the the main focus of, of your uh, uh, party is going to be, I guess, moving into 2022 and when it comes to, uh, you know, pressuring Trudeau, what, what do you really want to see happen next year? I'm really worried about our economy and mo most Canadians are as well. Inflation is over 4%, the highest rate in, in 20 years. We're going to see a risk of interest rate increases. We see a bad trade relationship with the United States, which is almost half of our GDP uh, is in that trade relationship, is directly tied up in that. Um, the spending and increasing taxes is making us less competitive. And I'll tell you, if, if interest rates continue to go up because of inflation, if spending continues to go up, Mr. Trudeau is setting us up for a debt crisis in a few years. So I think part of the solution is making us more competitive. So we see private sector capital investment. I'd like to see a manufacturing renaissance. And that's why the, 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 the U.S. relationship is so key. So that, that would be my number one priority. Um, line five, the doubling of softwood, uh, the dairy tariffs, uh, the, this electric vehicle trade action now from the Biden administration, more and more by American at, at all levels of U.S. government. We really need to reconnect with, with our friend and allies, and we need to do that by reminding them uh, Canada stood alongside them. We fought and died alongside one another. I'm wearing my poppy now. Um, I, I went to Washington as minister and spoke in the Capitol building because of the first special service force in World War II where Canadians and Americans fought 
together in what was called the Devil's Brigade. And we have to reignite that special relationship that has allowed both of our countries to not only become prosperous world leaders, it's helped with our security. A huge thank you to Aaron O'Toole for taking the time out of his busy schedule to join us, and a huge thank you to all of our listeners as well for tuning in. We'll be back with more Canadian Manufacturing Talks episodes in the near future, so stay tuned.